Okay, but should this entire intro just be side B promo? It should be. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite song so far on Dedicated Side B by Carly Rae Jepsen? Well, um, I just found out that Side B was released uh, 10 minutes ago. Okay, so <laughs> what I'm hearing is fake thing. I have not listened to it yet. Yeah, fake... Did I... you not check your Instagram DMs? There was Instagram DMs? Yeah, I, I sent uh, Instagram. No, I, I knew she announced it. I didn't know it was dropping tomorrow, today. I'm 100% certain it had the date often. Did it for real? <laughs> I think I was just... I think I blacked out when I watched it. <laughs> it was so good. The promo was awesome. Uh, it won't let me fast forward. I'm going to try okay. watching it again. It's good. It's a good promo. I enjoy it. With, like, all the... She's making fun of us as fans, but also supporting us. And I really love that. It's nice to know that we're seen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My favorite so far, I think, is Stay Away. But that's initial reaction. Because, again, I've only had time to listen to it, like, once. Because so much yeah. goddamn music came out. <laughs> but at times like these, you think about what's most important. <laughs> Which is Carly Rae Jepsen, of saving course. saving 2020 and bringing lightness to all of our lives. You you know the um, meme of like the super nanny, where she's like, <laughs> yeah. you guys are in a crisis. I'm on my way." That's Carly Rae. That's my favorite meme. <laughs> it makes I know. Me laugh I every it. time. I okay. This is like a thought I've. I've I've had about Carly Rae and dedicated for a while. I've just never like said it. But do you remember when like this wrote like this huge magnum? His magnum opus was about how like all of her songs are about unrequited love. You should you should bleep out though because that's I will. a swear word. <laughs> I will. <laughs> but remember that when that happened? I didn't read was, it because like, I already I didn't, didn't like him. So, but I do remember I, it coming out. Yeah, because I, I was like, I basically, because he was like, oh, it's going to be this whole thing. And I basically just, I think I saw like, I don't know if he, or he like, when he announced it, he was like, this is kind of like his thesis. And I was like, okay. And then I just never read anything else besides that. Mm. Like, basically, just the concept was that it was all about like, un unreciprocated love. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I got the gist of it. I'm like, yeah, I see that. But then Carly Rae's response to that was like, okay, well, I'm going to release a whole album about boning. <laughs> <laughs> so take that. She said, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I, I, I like, Not tweet. anymore, asshole. <laughs> I saw a tweet. It was definitely pro, a pro Carly Rae Jepsen tweet, but still made me a little mad. They called her songs adult nursery rhymes. <laughs> Um, but, like, in a way that was definitely in support of Carly. They were definitely a fan. Oh. But at the same time, I was like, that's... I don't know how I feel about that. I don't I don't even know what they mean by that, truthfully. I, I Maybe I do a little bit, just because she's, like, not going for super complex rhyme schemes. I don't know. But they catchy as hell. <laughs> they just... Even, like, when they have, like, a sadder undertone they're just bops they just they make really you are. happy mm -hmm. like i think i love i'll always love warm blood because yeah 
It's like she just th- decided to get vampiric for a second, and just a, it's such just a, a moment. Sec. Just a just a quick little vampire song, and I yeah. feel really seen by that. <laughs> oh, she's so good, and even like people who hated on Call Me Maybe, like you can see yourselves out the door. <laughs> like uh, you, you're you're hating it, but I still see you bopping. So yeah, exactly. Like, is it if it comes out on at a bar? When you were allowed to be at bars, would you <laughs> sing along and dance? Yes. So shut your mouth. <laughs> some movies rule and some movies rock. Some movies win awards, but these ones do not. Some movies that are made are not up to par. We're going to talk about them on one star. Hello, Little Dippers, and welcome to... It is Little Dippers, right? Yeah. It's been Great. a sec. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, welcome to One Star, a bad movie podcast where we talk about bad movies with one-ish, <laughs> uh, in this case, <laughs> celebrity in them. I'm Lauren. And I'm soon to be forgotten in three to five months, Quinn. <laughs> Are you talking about this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Today we are talking about The Interview, the Seth Rogen james franco potentially war starting movie well the i i think the i think with this title you'll like you don't hear no one's talking about it but you'll hear it and you'll be like oh yeah that thing right and that's what like when you even mentioned it, i was like forgot that that movie existed <laughs> <laughs> um which is crazy because there is a that that time period where it was like the only thing people were talking about yeah, the reason the reason I picked this movie for um, our which, this is this our is Patreon our, pick. Yeah, and the reason I picked it for one of the options is because it belongs to my favorite genre of movie, which are movies that have like some sort of huge impact of some sort, some sort of like maybe record breaking, some sort of like cultural impact, but at the same time, are completely forgotten from the cultural mindset. Also, yeah. And the the main two I can think of are this movie and then Avatar. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a, a interesting and dare I say impressive feat. Yeah, to almost <laughs> to be both like World War Three <laughs> and, and then, then nobody remembers it. <laughs> it's still on Netflix, but they don't promote it. They're not like, here it is. We want you to watch this. They're like, it's there if you go look for it. <laughs> yeah. Not only did it almost cause World War Three, it kind of changed the music or the movie. Indi- why music industry? Why did they do that? <laughs> eh, why not? The movie industry, because the, who, I forget who was going to release it. They like Sony. bent to North Korea's will, which had never happened before. <laughs> That this whole thing was just wild. What was happening? Um, and I'll and I'll ask this question: Was it worth it? I don't think so because yeah. underneath it all, it's the same movie as every other comedy movie that was made in this era. Oh, yeah, definitely as far as dialogue goes, it is just. Nothing original. It's the same jokes. The exact same jokes. Yeah. I just... Would the movie have been different if it was a fictional dictator? 
I mean, I think if it was a fictional dictator, the movie is just somehow more forgotten. Oh, for, yeah, that is true. It's the exact same, except it's, it has a it has a Wikipedia page without controversy as one of the tabs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. It's, this movie is nothing without that. I guess. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's what the the controversy is what makes this movie significant. Because otherwise, it's just kind of definitely not Seth Rogen and James Franco's best. It's no oh, Pineapple Express, not. right? And every single person in this movie has been in a better movie. <laughs> it's like shocking how stacked this cast is. Yeah, especially with such a controversial plot, like the fact that they had so many people in it cameoing is crazy Mm -hmm. um although a lot of them are just their friends anyways (laughs) (laughs) um like a joseph gordon levitt in a seth rogan james frango movie is not really that crazy of a of a cameo Uh, yeah he's in he's in that one shot we also Playing watched this puppies. like over a week ago, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, this was we watched it. We were like, eh, I don't want to talk about it. I keep <laughs> I keep making that mistake of choosing movies for the Patreon poll that I don't actually want to watch or talk about, and they keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, subscribers, <laughs> keeping us honest. <laughs> so we were talking about the controversy. This movie has definitely the most trivia on imdb than any movie we've ever done before oh really that's fun there's like 86 facts jesus (laughs) i did read through all of them none of them are interesting (laughs) (laughs) except for one who hit me which i mean knowing what you know about me it really threw me for a loop when i read this (laughs) they chose there, there's one scene in this movie where they took a crowd shot from a different movie instead of filming it, and that movie is 22 Jump Street. Oh my god, which crowd shot? It's when they first arrive in North Korea, and um, when they get out of the airport, there's like this huge crowd behind, like, because there's um the girl that wasn't, I cannot remember her name, we, should, we gotta... She's the main character. <laughs> uh, oh, the one that like Seth Rogen is like interested in. The actress's name is Diana Bag. <laughs> Diana, great, thank you. <laughs> when we meet Diana's character, um, when they get off the the plane in Pyongyang, um, it's like they have like the the dancers and stuff, and there's people be- directly behind her. But it seems like that is the only thing that they did practically, because then there's a entire. Uh, there's a huge crowd behind them, um, and that crowd was taken from 22 Jump Street. Interesting. Confirmed, because I saw that on IMDb, and I was like, I need to look into this real quick, because <laughs> <laughs> it hurts a little bit that they stole from my favorite movie. <laughs> um, and it is confirmed, and because Seth Rogen said that in an interview with Rolling Stone, so it is confirmed that they did that. Because apparently that is the only shot where, like, the people of North Korea that are not actually Korean that in this movie. Okay, yeah. Because there's just random people from the shot in 22 Jump Street. But it's like way in the back, and I actually did go back and look at the movie to see the shot. Because there is a part where you see it in from a different direction, and you can tell that there's like <laughs> no one standing there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why they would choose that shot if they were like... <laughs> 
photoshopping in a crowd, but whatever. Ooh, wait, Carly. So, sorry, I just saw this. If you buy dedicated side bead merch, part of it goes to COVID relief. <laughs> you know I'm gonna do that. I mean, I bought a forty dollar bean shirt. <laughs> but the bean shirt is really good. <laughs> and it's, and I was talking. Okay, people who don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> bon appetit, um, magazine slash YouTube channel. <laughs> Um, me and Quinn are obsessed with it, and they did a live stream supporting um, a charity. <laughs> Was it World Kitchen Foundation? Something like that? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and they were selling a, be- a shirt that said Bon Appetit on the front and beans on the back. <laughs> and I bought it. Because <laughs> it Mostly says beans on the back. Because it says beans on the back. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, um, a huge selling point to me was the fact that everyone from the test kitchen owned one. <laughs> that was like the main thing of reason why I bought it. Cause I was like, now I have a shirt in common with all of these people. <laughs> so whenever they're wearing it, like under their aprons in a video, I'm like, Oh, it's the bean shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I have that. That's me. So catch me with my dedicated side B merch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say here. Lawrence, you're just a charitable person. I know. I'm just trying to really, like, help the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that was the only interesting trivia fact about this movie. Everything else was just about the whole controversy. So, it's weird that that was the controversy. Because, obviously, in today's lens, the larger controversy is how racist this movie is. Oh, insanely (laughs) it is ridiculous and it we threw in a little sexism too just a tad just for flavor um (laughs) but like this movie didn't age well in like so many different facets that it's crazy that that's the only thing that this movie is known for is well i mean it did almost start a war, but yeah. <laughs> it's fine. And what well, we're not saying, we're not saying, I feel like we need to clear this up. We're not saying that Kim Jong-un is a good person and shouldn't be oh, satirized, yes. shouldn't be mocked. Not saying that. No, I. that is a good point that we should really talk, <laughs> we should bring up, <laughs> is that this movie is bad, but the fact that they, like, highlight horrible things about him is not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about just the broad Asian stereotypes that they seem to be the only way this movie knows how to make fun of him, pretty much. Yeah, because we had a lot of like Asian accent mo- mocking. Relentless. <laughs> Relentlessly. The whole like idea of his characterization is that he's really... Like, deep down, just, like, soft and, like, likes Katy Perry. It, like, plays into the feminization of Asian men, which is a huge problem. Yes. In media. Yeah. Or, or like, with um the lead female character. It's, like, she is aggressive and, like, a... They use the term a lot, a honeypot. They use that term... Constantly. A, like, it is wild (laughs) how often they use that term and everyone seems to know what it means immediately oh it's my 
it's one of uh, it makes me it made me laugh a little bit because it reminds me of my favorite SNL sketch where Bill Hader plays a man with PTSD who's like getting it out through puppetry. Do you know <laughs> oh, yeah, the one I'm so talking good. about? Yes, I do. Because he was like, wee, 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 je m'appelle Marcy. And they're like, oh, good. That's a new, different character. And he's like, that was my undercutter identity. They used me. I was a sex trap. Honeypod. <laughs> I, and it's like, I honestly, like, don't... I don't know if... if all Of all the jokes in this movie, I like those ones, I didn't really... They didn't bother me as much. Yeah, no, it's because it's, I like the joke, but like with her character, it's like it just plays into like the stereotype of like, ooh, she's like exotically sexy and like aggressive right. and like, uh, and that's where it's negative. <laughs> and like, it's yeah, her character is troubling. <laughs> Both like the main women kind of love interests are. Are just like done in a way that just makes you feel icky. Uh, the the, uh, the Lizzie Kaplan one is so much weirder yes. as a love interest because it genuinely feels like they cut out some scenes with her storyline of falling for James Franco. Maybe. Yeah. It definitely feels like the whole story's not there, and so it ends up being like this weird half commitment to making her a love interest, but they like don't fully go through with it. It's very strange. Because yeah. it's, like, perfectly fine to just have a character be interested in someone without it being reciprocated. Yeah. Like, we could have just had that where he was just really interested in her and she was like, no, I'm, no. And, oh, wow, it's almost like that's funnier. <laughs> right. What? Because <laughs> <laughs> what? But I did, the thing that, like, I did kind of, like, I don't know. When when Kim Jong-un later on was like... The character... I'm going to say Randall. <laughs> uh, Randall Park. It makes me so sad he's in this. I know. Because he's so um, much better than this movie. Because I don't want to just keep saying that name over and over again. <laughs> so Randall Park. <laughs> when he says it later on, when he was like, oh, I was honeypotting. Like, that was funny. Honey well, like, dick. He doesn't say honey dicking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I like how, like, honeypot's a phrase, but, like... When it's a man, they just make it dick. Like, honeypot's an actual thing. <laughs> yeah, it's an item. Wouldn't it be honey wand if we're sticking Ooh. to our honey metaphors? Listen, yes. I know bees, guys. <laughs> or it could just still be a honeypot. Because... <laughs> uh, do... I'm, I'm just... Uh, with The weirdest thing with Lizzie Kaplan's quote-unquote romance... With James Franco, is they never have a scene together where it's just them, like oh, falling right. for each other, and so that's what makes it feel so weird. It's almost like she just likes his moxie, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't buy it because she's like clearly intelligent and he is like dumb as rocks. Yeah, <laughs> which hey, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into, I guess, but. <laughs> I don't get that from her character. Hey, that's don't, why it's don't just... kink shame her. <laughs> no, I know. If that's... Hey, hey, Lizzie. <laughs> if that's what you were feeling in the moment, then that's fine. But it just it it's was clearly forced just to have James Franco have a love interest, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Was it great? 
But, yeah, this movie doesn't age well in, like, a lot of different aspects, and it's not even just the main one. <laughs> or it's just, like, you've got the same, like, half fart jokes. Mm-hmm. Half, um... But anus jokes, especially. Oh, yeah, like... jokes. What, what... Name a single movie that came out that year that didn't have a scene where someone hide something in their butt you can't <laughs> you it's, can't yeah they don't exist it's yeah. every single movie <laughs> and then <sighs> i also a weird thing about this because did you see this movie when it came out i did yeah okay because i i know i i distinctly remember seeing it in theaters i did i didn't know it ended up in theaters i thought it was mm-hmm. fully canceled it was like a extre- it was basically like Sony didn't release it like they normally would but they essentially were like if a theater wants to they okay. can. So it was it was like very based off of the theater. Um I know like I think AMC just like fully blocked it. Um I saw when I was like looking at looking up stuff this morning that uh, Regal also blocked it, but I saw it at a Regal, so I don't know how that worked out. <laughs> um, so it was more—it was a v- extremely limited release, just based off of if a theater was willing to do it, because there's a lot of threats, not only from North Korea, but from <laughs> people scared about it. I don't know. So, but I did see it in theaters, and I. I think it was just because of the time. I remember I I didn't think I hated it when I watched it in 2014. <laughs> I what I remember is just thinking it was like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like but all, I th- I think I th- all, like it's sort of like the lame is idea all this for a loaf of bread. <laughs> that was kind yeah. of my feelings towards the movie. Still is I, really. <laughs> I think that is a very great analogy for this. I think <laughs> my my thing with it was probably I was just kind of caught up with the like defiance of it. Like I think I was like, "Oh, I'm going to see this movie because it's like <laughs> You were like resist. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think because I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't do many bad things in my life. So I was like, this is my time. <laughs> You're like, I'm fighting for American freedom right now. By seeing exactly. This, <laughs> this is my protest for freedom of speech. <clears throat> so I think if I, I think that's probably why I like didn't. I don't have a memory of, like, hating this movie when I watched it for the first time. But (laughs) when I went to watch it on Netflix, it was under my, like, watch it again section. And I was like, when the fuck did I watch this on Netflix? (laughs) So this is quite possibly your third time watching this movie. Well, when I clicked on it, it was, like, at 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, now I I remember seeing that it was on Netflix having this memory of like enjoying it and so i was like oh let me watch it putting it on for 10 minutes and being like oh no i hated this movie (laughs) like this is not a good movie so i think it was more i think you know how um (laughs) because memory is very like unreliable we're getting into some brain stuff right now Ooh, let's get psychological yeah memory is like very 
unreliable, and that's why you can't really take, like, human, um, not human confessions, but, like, human, like, witness and stuff. This is getting really weird and specific and sciencey, but, like, <laughs> when, like, a person is giving a, like, witness statement, you can't take their idea of the attacker, like, as fact because, like, they remember things, like, slightly wrong. <laughs> And that's why a lot of times when there's, like, lineups, like, a lot of times they pick the wrong uh, perpetrator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so memory is very unreliable because it's solely based off emotion. So I think I enjoyed my experience at the theater, and I had connected that with the movie when it did not deserve to be. That's true. Every movie is a little bit better if you're in a movie theater. That's yeah. just a fact. And I think we were just, because I know I went with my friends, and I was so excited to, like, oh, this movie is so controversial, but we're <laughs> going to go see it in the theaters. And I think it was just that, like, excitement for this movie. And I also, at the time, was very into Seth Rogen and James Franco. Mm-hmm. That's also a very important factor of, I think, why I had a memory of, like, not hating this movie. But then upon rewatch, being like, what the fuck <laughs> was that? Um, so that went into a weird place. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> honestly, I will admit, it's not particularly straight garbage. It's just so violently mediocre. <laughs> yes, that is correct. That is a good uh, summary. <laughs> yeah, it's just like every other movie comedy movie especially of its time it's a product of its time hands down because a lot of the things that they i mean this was only like what six years ago filmed even longer than that um especially with the controversy that pushed back its release a bunch of times but uh it's (laughs) a lot of those things that we are now as we rewatch it are like offended by or like no are just like purely wrong and we wouldn't see in a movie in 2020 mm-hmm. is was just like the norm back then well you say that but i'm thinking about holmes and watson you're right never mind scratch and everything i just said <laughs> there's certain comedy movies that have not changed since like 2004 yeah you're right they make the same <laughs> jokes every time I tried to give people a little bit more credit in my statement, but that was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, shit. I forgot about the movie. Especially, like, how women are treated in comedy has not... That are just given not a thing to do. Right. And I don't want to spoil my good movie, my the good, the bad, the movie, so I'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, and... One scene that I think is one of the at least more interesting things to talk about is the opening of the movie, where, as a joke, Eminem comes out as gay. Mm-hmm. Which it's, I was going to mention this when we were talking about the offensive things in yeah, this movie. Yeah, so we'll start there. Yeah. Because there's just... I almost... I definitely don't like it, but at the same time, I almost don't know how to feel about it. Because... Right. It's just such a weird premise of not being fully homophobic, but at the same time, 
it's he it's a noted homophobe who's doing these things. <laughs> yeah. And I also like I didn't know how to I don't I don't know. It's like at a loss of of words for for it. I think because what, it's or you 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 finish. <laughs> no, cuz I don't really know what to say. Or I think what makes it worse is honestly that it's followed up by the much funnier, probably best joke of the movie, of Rob Lowe coming Rob Lowe. out as bald. <laughs> right. Which is really and funny. Is, and the whole concept of, because Eminem's on the show because he hates elderly people and he's in his... <laughs> which, Eminem did write those raps oh, that's that funny. they were reading. So that's funny. I don't hate but, that. Like, <laughs> clearly, like... Just like they're really just a bad old people, and I see. I think that that is an okay joke because it's clearly satirical. Yeah, and it's like very clear that like this is like ri- like this is ridiculous that this guy is like randomly attacking old people for no reason in his lyrics. They know what they. And do. it's like, and everyone can like agree that he is wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why that joke works. But then we get into that point where he's like, yeah, how he comes out and stuff. And I guess it, it's more of like, yeah, I think you're right. It's just the fact that it was an, a known homophobe who he has lyrics in his raps that are like, yeah. <laughs> or I think I think the issue with it is like the idea that. Every like super homophobic person right, 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 is right. actually gay. It's like reinforcing that a harmful stereotype for exactly. a lot of reasons. So yeah, I think that that might be the biggest issue then. Yeah, um, I love Ben Schwartz, but the whole producer like trying to like stop him from coming out was also like a thing that happened in this movie. Yeah. Um. I, I saw his name on the cameo list, and I totally forgot who he played. And then I, I when did, you reminded me, I got sad again. <laughs> I know. I wrote down, like, Ben Schwartz plays his lawyer. Um, or his publicist, publicist or something. Probably, I don't yeah. know. Um, Benny is better than this. Benny Schwa. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed. Um, but also, this was 2014, where he, I think, was really only in Parks and Rec at this point. So he was... I don't think he was considered a cameo. I think that was just a part he got. Was, he was no Sonic yet. No. So, but the Roblo joke is very good. Very fun, and I think that's. I th- I would say that's the funniest joke of the movie. It I think it's because it's just it's the right amount of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> There's also like the physical gag of like seeing him bald like that, which is unsettling yeah <laughs> um but yeah started this movie off very questionable in our yeah and i think it's honestly i can't think of many funny jokes straight people have made about gay people it's really a kind of a one-way street <laughs> yeah because the thing about that is like just why <laughs> Why bother trying to do it? Because it just... Yeah. I don't know. It's not worth it. Yeah. We'll move on. We're, 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 we're finished with the topic. I know. I feel like I can't add anything without... 
No, but you're you are right. There, there's no. I think a, another huge issue with this movie is it almost makes Kim like too much of a good person. They make him likable. Yeah. And in a movie where it's like it's it's ridiculous, and then there's only like the one scene where James Franco realizes that realizes that he's like a bad person like there's only that one scene where he even like mentions where he slips up and like hates america mm-hmm. and yeah. it's all theoretical he doesn't even all he says is like america's bad essentially which isn't the most controversial opinion <laughs> right <laughs> it's like even in that that conversation like i wouldn't even have taken that as like a valid threat yeah because he was just angry he was reacting emotionally in that in that situation specifically. So even even in the big moment that James Franco is supposed to realize that he's bad is like not as bad as we know he would actually be. Yeah, the worst thing we see him do is set up a false grocery store. Right. Which like we, I, which we we know that's supposed to represent that there's like not fully sto- fully stocked grocery stores, but like that's all we get from him. Yeah, and so it, it, I know it's a comedy, and you can't show like human rights abuses. <laughs> right. But at the same time, you what instead you get ten like five minutes of him being cruel in theory, but not like showing any of it, and you get an hour of movie where he's fun and parties and drinks margaritas. And listens to Katy Perry and is, like, a good friend. Yeah. (laughs) And it's... In a movie where, like... Which I know, like, the whole point was, like, to try and... Was to have Dave Franco... Not... Sorry. Didn't mean to mention the better Franco brother. (laughs) (laughs) James's character to, like, kind of fall for his honeypot. (laughs) But... Yeah. It's, like, almost to a point where you're like, well, I don't... You don't want Randall to pass, <laughs> maybe. Or yeah, no. He he. It's like the movie itself doesn't justify the end result of blowing up his helicopter. It's only solely based on the name of the character. Like exactly, that's what it is. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do a good job as a movie as characterizing Kim as an evil person. What he is, it just relies on the audience knowledge. That the actual Kim sucks. And that's why, again, why it can't be a real dictator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it can't be a fictional dictator, sorry. Yeah, because it then you'd be, be watching it and you'd be like... He's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that is what you would think just based yeah. on this, what this movie does with the character. And that's why it's so crazy to me that they that this was, was so controversial because it's not controversial in the way that I think it should be where it's like it's almost like... It is making him seem not as bad as he really is. And, like, you're right. We only see him in, like, one or two scenes being not a good person. Yeah. if I, I, Arguably, this is one of the most flattering portrayals. Right. There is. <laughs> I, very ironically for how, what, what happened entailed it, about yeah. this movie. Yeah. Okay. Um and also, I don't believe that Kim, like he would be a big fan of Skylark tonight. I, I think that's part of the joke, is that he's just like some sort of man-child. Yeah. Who shouldn't be president. 
or I don't know what his term is, dictator, what he actually goes by, or supreme leader, supreme that's leader. what it is. Yeah. And the, I, that's like the main criticism is that he's too immature to lead a country. <laughs> <laughs> right. An interesting thing that um, I tried to do a little bit more research about, but Seth Rogen's character's last name is Rappaport. Oh, like, editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit magazine? Because I <laughs> yeah. had the same thought. <laughs> well, because not only... He, Rappaport is a very common name in Hollywood. Oh, like the one shitty guy. What's his name? Oh, God. Fucking... Is it Michael? It's Michael Rappaport. Yeah, he sucks. I hate him. And that's why when I learned that there was Adam Rappaport that was in charge of Bon Appetit. I was very upset, but I do not think that they are related because there is only one P in Adam's Rappaport. Yeah, you hear this? If you're related to someone bad, you don't deserve you're bad. anything good. <laughs> well, because I, when I learned about how Michael is bad, I thought he had a brother, but I was just thinking of the Barstool guy. I was connecting them <laughs> in my head. So there's those two Rappapores. And then if there's been a couple shows I watched lately where like I've seen a Rappapore in the in the <laughs> like the credits and stuff. I think I know Michael's married to like an actress or something like that. So it's a very like a name I've seen a lot lately, especially like in Hollywood, so I just thought that was a very interesting choice for his character name. One of the interesting trivia facts, interesting is in quotes, was that <laughs> J- Dave Franco's name was... Uh, I did it again, damn it! <laughs> James Franco's character is named Dave, and he has a brother named Dave. And I was like, wow, thanks, IMDb. Great <laughs> fact. We also did get an obligatory Seth Rogen drug scene. Of course. We have, it's in every movie. Oh, and that's because I'm looking at my notes right now. I did have a part where I was like, every woman in this movie is sexualized. Yep. Can't think of one that isn't. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, um, I honestly, I don't have that many issues with Seth Rogen's character in this one. It's yeah. really James Franco's who's fucking annoying. He, Seth Rogen is like the straight man in this. Like he's the comedic foil to James Franco. <laughs> and he's Whereas got he's, he's he's got the right amount of Seth Rogen-y charm where he's not that bad. Yeah. Not not really a problem with his character except for the racist voice that he uses at, at certain times. Yeah. But <laughs> never mind. I take back what I said. I definitely forgot he did that for a second. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's um he's the moral compass of the movie mm-hmm. that we have that we have to hold on to. And James Franco is just so unbearably annoying in this movie. <laughs> there, his, character, his character is not likable in anyway, the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, he, the reason he doesn't want to go through the original assassination plan is like just because Kim Jong was nice to him once. Right. <laughs> Uh, this is about that other conversation. I wrote down in my notes, fellas, is it gay to like music and drink alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> that was about the whole... We talked about that with the margaritas thing. Yeah. It, that's how you can really tell this is a 2000... What is it? 11 movie? 14? 
I thought it was 14. They used a shot from 22 Jump Street, which came out in 2014. So it's that post that. Yeah, so that's how you could really tell, is we still weren't past that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a long movie. It does. It's so long. It does feel long. It's like two hours. Like, I watched it right when I woke up. The day I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, I just want to get on with my day already. I have a note in my in the middle. I don't have a lot of notes, but I wrote finally the act two break, <laughs> which is always, of course, known by two characters. The main characters getting mad at each other. Which the, happened. The, the yeah in the the bromance movie, it's when they break up momentarily. Yeah, but Dave Franco's character, like he is annoying. He's impulsive. He is <laughs> sexist, racist. <laughs> You name it. And I think it's like there's a little bit of an idea there to just like mercilessly, merciless, mercilessly make fun of Ryan Seacrest with that character, which is deserving. But they don't really commit to the bit as much as I wish they would. Yeah, I, that's what I got from it. He's like sort of a parody of like a Ryan Seacrest type. I think I did see that in one of the trivia facts. It was like Oprah meets Ryan Seacrest, which yeah. I don't get the Oprah. I don't see but. that either. Oh, there is a quote about um I don't I don't remember when obviously I watched this like a week ago. <laughs> but there's I think it was, they were talking about how um Oh, it was in the interview part where he is interviewing Kim and um James Franco's character is starting to ask him the harder questions revealing that not everything is peachy keen over here (laughs) and um so he kim kind of fires back with poking at america and made a few great points (laughs) (laughs) it was like how many times will america make the same mistake and i wrote that quote down because i was like true (laughs) honestly that was a surprisingly because i the movie even is trying to like point out that, like, America isn't... You're supposed to kind of agree with what he's saying, I feel. And they're valid points. Yeah. <laughs> like, what he's what, when he, like, kind of tries to point the finger back, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, we... America has, like, this savior complex where we think that we're amazing and we can go and fix other people's problems, but, like, we're not as perfect as we like to portray we have a lot of issues ourselves and that was kind of like this point where like he was making all these comments and i was like this is very like this is getting a very anti-american in a surprisingly mature way of the movie right and it's almost like the matter that is handled with the most care is this point where we're like we're having very pointed and succinct and good points about ourselves but I, I, but it does quickly turn around to like, but you're worse, right? Because you don't, you fake grocery stores. But you lie about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it immediately, yeah, it escalates, and then we're out of there already. But and then you get the big action finale that's just kind of a snooze to watch. Well, we get some fingers bitten off. That's the thing that happens in this movie that I will never forget (laughs) (laughs) there's two things about this movie it's the finger thing that i think about a lot 
because I vividly remembered that happening. And whenever I hear firework, I think of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) There's a scene in uh, Pan's Labyrinth that the little girl, the like little little girl, she needs a little bit of blood to do something. And she just like bites the tip of her finger until it bleeds. And I think about it constantly because the mental wherewithal that that takes to bite yourself, your own self till you bleed is something I don't think I'm capable of. (laughs) A fact that I've learned, I don't know, I don't know when I've learned this, this fact, but I've never forgotten it. But the amount of force it would take to bite your, to bite a finger, like, like in this movie is like if you were eating a carrot. I, yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. But it's it's just like your brain stops you from doing that because of pain and such. Right. <laughs> um so like it's but um yeah, it's something that that fact in this movie when it happens sticks with me. <laughs> it's a it's a lot of finger biting. Like if a you lot. if you haven't so seen so many it, fingers are bitten off. It, it's at least four different fingers. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which is an interesting direction for this movie to go. At least some that's at least that's at, at least a unique thing that happens in this movie. Yeah. Is I can't remember the next movie I saw with finger biting. Yeah, me either. So the action scene cuz we're not I don't I mean, re- we're kind of there already but it's yeah. fine. Because it's, it's an amazing feat where so little happens, but so much, it lasts for so long. Right. I think, honestly, when you see it's a 2015 um, James Franco, Seth Rogen movie, you pretty much know all the plot points already. Yeah. They are, um, <laughs> they're horny for women. One. They're stupid they take a and lot they're of, on drugs. <laughs> they're stupid. They take drugs. Um, they get into some wacky situations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like befriending a violent dictator. <laughs> um, then they get mad at each other for a hot second. One of them has sex. At least one yeah. of them. And then they get back together and they say they, they're fine. Yeah. It's the movie. It's everything you thought it would be, just this time internationally just longer controversial. And, more <laughs> and that and those things. Yeah. Another fact I saw, because I actually did read all of the eighty six facts painstakingly. Um when that whole like end scene where they're in the tank and like he's in the plane and all that, it took a one only one day to film, but it was one full day. Jeez. So that's interesting. That's crazy they must have abused a worker or something because that should not that there's that should not take one day to film that should be a a week (laughs) yeah unless it's just like completely i don't know i don't know how they would have done that (laughs) because also it's not a short sequence no and it it this movie goes into like a very actiony film and where it's kind of it comes out of nowhere too yeah it's pretty plain up until then yeah but um our our supreme leader is hoisted by his own petard (laughs) in this movie because he does quite literally get blown up by his own missile 
Oh, wow, look at you. Yeah. That's growth for you to use that phrase. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, which that is the definition of that term. So it's quite literal here. But, um... Yeah, they, they blow him up. They escape. North Korea is a good country now. <laughs> um, and, uh... Every, everything that happens in the end sequence is foreshadowed by James Franco at the beginning of the movie. Well, which it's, uh, I'll give it that. That's a little good. A little funny. Mm-hmm. Because he, he... When they're meeting with the CIA... He, like, imagines his CIA fantasy, whatever. And they're like, no, they're you're like, just going to use this not. poison strip. And then, of course, they do everything wrong, and then they have to do the big action CIA finale. So it's a little, it's a little fun wink. I'll give it that. Yeah. I, I'm not mad at that. And I, apparently his character did that in another one of the Seth Rogen. I think he did it in This Is The End, I think, maybe. I don't know. I think that was a fact that I read. Anyways, um, but speaking of something like that, the movie Dodgeball does it too. Does it? Yes, because Tyler was watching it and he showed me. No, but, I love Dodgeball. I just don't remember this. Yeah. Well, it's that's because it's such like a small thing that happens. But you know how... At the end, um, Ben Stiller's character, like, they win, but he was stepping over the line. Yeah. So, and then the uh, the referee during that scene is like, oh, he broke this, like, World 202 section something. The way we handle this is sudden death. <laughs> so then, but earlier in the film, there's just one scene where they're walking through is it in vegas is it the tournament in vegas or something it doesn't not matter <laughs> but they're just like walking by and the one character says to the other goes hey what happens if you break rule 202 section three or whatever it was he goes oh yeah you go into sun death he goes oh okay and they keep walking <laughs> so That's funny so it's like and then like the other like vince vaughn or whoever like talks and is like the rest of the scene but so they did set up the fact that that is an actual rule earlier in the movie, and it's not even something that you even remember happened. That's good. So that's fun. Anyways. Anyways. So that's, so that's the interview. And then um, James Franco releases a book, like he said he would. And then, the, for some reason, like the big end romance between him and Lizzie Kaplan is she's just kind of like at his book signing. And they just kind of, like, wink and nod at each other. They don't even really interact. It's very strange. <laughs> Which is weird that they let him release that. Yeah, no, that definitely would not be allowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless it was... Unless uh, Seth Rogen's girl, Diana, her character really cleaned things up over there. <laughs> and then they FaceTime... Which is the same end to You're Killing Me, which we previously did on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that. So, that's the movie. Yeah, a short, a short review, but that's just because... There's ev- not much to say. The most significant thing about this movie is how significantly insignificant it is. If that yeah. makes any sense. If that was a real sentence. 
Like, I feel like it could be a question on Jeopardy that, like, people would might miss. <laughs> <laughs> like, what movie almost caused a... What 2014 movie? I watched Jeopardy. Do you know my family watches Jeopardy every single day? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's my dream to go on. I just want to meet Alex Trebek. He's my hero. <laughs> I love him so much. I My brother loves Jeopardy. I, I only watch it from time to time. I'd I'd be fine with losing. I just want to meet him. (laughs) You just want to be on there. I just want to be on enough to for my. You know how in every episode they like have a story you have to tell. I like have panic attacks thinking about what mine would even be if I got on. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know. You gotta come up with something good. Exactly. Part of me wants to be like, oh yeah, hi Alex, I did write a musical. It's called Spit My Mouth. <laughs> but I don't know if they would want that one. I think you can. I think it's good. That might be a good fine. one. And then to imagine if I got more than one episode and had to come <gasps> up with multiple facts, then we're in oh, trouble. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> that's too stressful. Exactly. All right. Should we go into Seggies? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I realized I had to change that. That was Big Time Rush. <laughs> because I was starting to do Big Time Rush, and I was like, wait, I've done Big Time Rush a hundred times. So I tried to fancy up the end. A uh, drinking game. Anytime there is a racist voice used by someone not Korean. I was going to say, don't drink, just get high. That's what this, all these You know what? Yeah, that's for. right. Yeah. Just get high, watch the movie, watch any... James Franco, Seth Rogen movies from this era. That's what they're for. Laugh at the f- good jokes when there are them, because there at least are some. You know, yeah. just get high with your friends. That's what we really want you to do. I think that's in the, the mental state that you need to be in. Yeah. For, okay. Because that's why this movie exists. Exactly. That's why any of them exist. <laughs> that's why they do what they do. And that's also how. <laughs> um, so is that it? <laughs> yep, that's it. How would you fix the movie? You do the transition. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks. I would either... There are two ways to fix this movie. Yeah, you go first. You see if you use one of the ways I'm thinking of. Okay. And then I'll just do the other. Um, step one would be getting rid of the James Franco, Lizzie, weird half uh, love interest. <laughs> just get rid of that kind of like plot line. Uh, I would also n- remove all of... I mean, clearly, if you fix the movie, you gotta get rid of the the racist voices. And all of that racism. <laughs> That's implied. But I don't I don't know how you definitely need to make Randall Park's character <laughs> more of what he is and what we know to be. Remove the fact that you need outside information to get what you're supposed to out of this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go ahead. So my Two ways would be if you want to keep it with the creative team of Seth Rogen and James Franco, you 
this is just about a fictional dictator and still less racist. <laughs> we'll keep your fixes, but make it fictional. Because I just don't, I, they, I mean, they've proven, they just don't have, like, the satirical abilities to properly criticize an actual real-life dictator. Yes, I because think that's, like, the main issue here. Even, even but There's lots of issues, but... It's about wanting him dead and thinking he's bad enough to be killed. They still, like, really don't go in enough. <laughs> No, because like we said, he's like a decent human being for the majority of the movie. Like you need to make him, like make it an, yeah, you're right. Make it an actual satire if you're going to use an actual human being that we all know. Yeah. And then if you want to make it about Kim Jong-un, give it to a more, um, I I don't want to sound like I'm fully like hating on them. I like a, a good portion of their movies. But just some people who have the more political and creative and comedic wherewithal to really come up with a good criticism while still being satirical, still being funny. Well, I think something important to note here is that I don't think James Rogan has... (laughs) James Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) James Franco is what I meant. James Franco does not have much creative influence besides... Being a star of it. You think it's more Seth? Mostly Seth? It's it's Seth and um, Evan Goldberg were the main people who came up with the story. Yeah. So it's not even... I don't think James Franco has much input as far as the writing and and production-wise for this movie. Yeah, he's just more... I can't... He's more going to a vacation destination to film a movie with his friends. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And I think... Yeah, they they needed a a more specifically satirical writer on on board to help them kind of navigate this task. Yeah. Because, like, I always... I think the best reference point you have is Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, which is generally considered one of the best satirical takes on a real-life political figure. Well, that real-life political figure was alive. <laughs> right. And so I think th- that's kind of got to be your blueprint a little bit, where you actually like have a message that you're sticking... Because that's another issue, is satire can't just be jokes satire is supposed to have a clear and pointed target and this movie doesn't really have that there needs to be subtext you can't have satire without subtext exactly yeah and that's what this is lacking it's very surface level comedy if you if you want to go in on like the propaganda machine of north korea and how they manage to like maintain such privacy you really gotta like take that angle you gotta find an angle other than this guy bad, kill him. And even then, it's like, you can still have him kind of like schmoozing James Franco, but then also include scenes where we see the real him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those those are the two ways you fix this movie, depending on what kind of movie you want to make. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Transition? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Wait, that was horrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's fine. It'll work. No, I'm gonna do it okay, again. Okay, I need okay, to repeat myself. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, uh, hoo, hoo. That was still bad, but yeah. But they're all just variations of Big Time Rush. There things. are two in my mind. It's the Big Time Rush one and the Hannah, Hannah Montana one where it's like, oh, oh, whoa. Those are the only I two I can alternate between. <laughs> and I I try and do more Hannah, but I like can't fully encapsulate what a Hannah transition is. Exactly. <laughs> they're like they're like in another world. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, do you want to give out our awards? I was guessing what's our next segment. I don't even know. So we have the Joey King Award for acting and our Dr. Ant Mom. Do you think anyone is worthy in this film? No. I'd say no awards. No I, don't, I don't think so either. No one is giving an award-worthy performance here. Yeah, no one's particularly garbage. It's like they're all doing what they do. They're all yeah. fine. It's not bad acting, that's the reason. But also no one's, like, giving me what I need. Yeah. Part of... I'm just going to combine um, this into the segment. But who... Who do you think left this movie with, with their dignity dignity intact, if anyone? Um, I think everyone, honestly. Even though I like no one's career was harmed oh, by yeah. being in this movie. Right. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I can't think of anybody. Like part of me wants to be like, come on, Randall, you're better than this. But at the same time, you know, he like wasn't who he was today. And, you know, I think that's a that is an important aspect is that I mean especially like we talked about Ben Schwartz it's like some of these people weren't as well known as they are now and was Randall that famous at the time I don't think so I don't think so either so it's not like this might have been like his first big role yeah so and, I can't I can't blame him yeah, and I didn't even really know he was in it. <laughs> no, he they did they do they tried to make him look like Kim Jong Un, and so he doesn't fully look like well, himself. He did gain weight for the role. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, your turn. Transition. Okay. Ooh. ooh. Yeah. See, it's it. They all end up just being the same one. I know. They always will be. <laughs> it's the problem with doing them live. <laughs> uh, right. What do you rate the movie? I think I'll give it... I don't know. I think I gave it less on like my letterbox, but I'll just give it like two, one and a half stars. Yeah. I think it's fair. I was going to say like one and a half-ish. <laughs> because, yeah. It's just... uh, like, it's... Just so perfectly forgettable. Yeah. Like, who cares? It ended up not doing that much harm. It almost did. It almost did. But then it was like, whatever. (laughs) They hate us anyway, so it doesn't... Whatever. They hate us because they ain't us. (laughs) (laughs) You could say. The fact that he says it that much in this movie is also wild <laughs> for that was like the biggest joke of the movie and it, it really was is everywhere do you think um was like that 
that big of a is, did this movie make that a huge phrase or was it like already a thing and people are like think, um okay i think it was already a thing but it, it just had a resurgence people used it a lot more i think after that okay <laughs> all right one more segment uh uh perfect i really tried to come up with something unique but it just came out bad it just goes just goes back it just reverts (laughs) um so the good the bad the movie this is a segment where we um give two suggestions each one for a good movie that relates to this and a bad movie so do you have yours or no um you go first so my good movie i wanted to kind of go in a seth route Seth, I almost said Rowan. <laughs> Seth Rogen direction. Um, uh, with neighbors. Solid. Because I, I genuinely like that movie. It has the superior Franco brother in it. <laughs> I'll say it. Um, and and also because we, this is what I didn't want to like talk about before because I didn't want to spoil my. I know everyone was waiting for the end for my big pick. but uh we were talking about how women are all the same in these kind of comedies and neighbors doesn't do that where um and a big factor of that is rose byrne because she was like i'll do this movie but i am not a one note female character legend (laughs) i know she's great i love her um, so basically, she she was a driving force in creating her character, but she also makes like really stupid, dumb decisions. Where normally, like the female in that kind of comedy, like the the wife is always like the uptight. Is 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 the straight man? Is no nonsense? Like is like, oh my god, I can't believe you're so wild. You're doing all these weird things. And she kind of fought for, like, I want my character to be just, make, like, the same dumb decisions as, like, the Seth Rogen character. And I think it's done really well, and it's a very, just a fun movie. So Neighbors is my good recommendation. And what's Do you want bad? me to give my bad? Okay, my bad? Um, I... I'm going to go in a weird direction here. I'm going to go the James Franco route here. Okay. And as I lay dying, not a typically typical like bad movie. I also haven't watched all of it because I couldn't get through it. So it's a William Faulkner novel. I read it in one of my classes in college and I really enjoyed it. Um... Simply because I really like, especially in novel writing and just writing in general, I like messing with form and point of view. And it's a novel where every single character has, like, their own point of view. It switches. Um, every every chapter is a different is from a different character's point of view. And that's a very fun way to tell a one singular story, just bouncing around to, like how the different characters are dealing with it and like there's like a child who who has like an entirely different perception of their mother dying as everyone else Mm -hmm. um so i think it's a really cool interesting book um and james franco was like let me make it a movie (laughs) (laughs) 
And I think it just the idea of making it into a movie when and I remember my my teacher because I kind of came out right like when I was in that class and he kind of made a comment like, oh, we'll see what that ha- what goes on with that. Like he was very not interested in it. But because um, that kind of novel doesn't really serve well to being adapted into a movie because it is truly point of view based and you don't get the same like because the dictation is different, like the style of writing is different and you don't get that from a movie. And I think James Franco ruined it. I couldn't even watch all of it. <laughs> because even when you watch it, they tried to do the, the different point of views. Have you ever seen it? No. Do you? Okay. <laughs> it's a very jarring watch because <laughs> <laughs> they the way he did the point of view was having each character have like essentially their own camera. So there would be like... <clears throat> it's very like... <laughs> Kind of relating back to where where we're at now in life, where we have a lot of, like, Zoom call media coming out, <laughs> where it's, like, there's, like, three different shots on the screen at one time. So, and that's, like, it was, it was his way of showing their point of view, and it is just very hard to watch, and it doesn't give off um, the same vibe of what the book did, so. Interesting. Yeah. That was a really long talk about that movie, but... I think it fits in, because it also is like, not every risk in filmmaking is worth taking. Yes, that was kind of like... (laughs) That was kind of like why I connected it in my brain. Because, like, obviously, there's Seth Rogen, James Franco movies that you could choose for our bad movie. (laughs) But I wanted something that was like, just you're missing... You're missing the point ever so slightly (laughs) i mean not even really ever so slightly just you're missing the point and you're not the idea and the execution are wildly separate so okay that was enough of that sorry for rambling you're good i think my good movie is going to be we already talked about it but ever since we brought it up i've been thinking about it i love dodgeball love everything about dodgeball (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so You're that's going to be my good recommendation because Dodgeball's awesome mm-hmm. and it's a comedy. It's not the tightest connection, but, you know, it's a good, fun, really funny comedy. That's it. <laughs> I like Dodgeball. <laughs> it is. Dodgeball is one of those movies that has, like, a lot of celebrities in them that end up doing a lot of movies together in the same time frame. So that is another connection yeah. that you probably weren't even really focusing on, but it's fine. And my bad movie, I'm also going to pick a movie James Franco was in. I almost said Sausage Party. I feel like that's the easy choice. That's the easy choice, though. (laughs) And I haven't seen it, though. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff I write plays into vulgarity a little bit. And, like, you know what I mean? Right. Well, there's I found the line of too vulgar (laughs) in Sausage Party. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I think I'm actually going to go with a James Franco movie called The Vault. Okay. Where um, it's a horror movie, and it's about, like, a team of bank robbers go to rob this bank, but it turns out to be haunted. Which could be super fun, just based on the concept. Mm-hmm. I, there's a comment, on a review on Letterboxd that's, why isn't this movie called Poltergeist? And it's like, <laughs> that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. what this movie should be. 
But instead, it's so, like, dour and serious, and the plot doesn't make any goddamn sense. And James <laughs> Franco's there, and it's just, it's really bad. It's one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen. It's just not good. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, and so I, that is my, I don't recommend it. But maybe I do, if you really just want to watch a bad movie that's not even bad in a fun way. Yeah. Polter, not Poltergeist. It's called The Vault. See, I already, I already <laughs> tricked myself. <laughs> it's such a good title. <laughs> okay, I the other thing I considered for my good movie, but I didn't have a good enough connection. Was Always Be My Maybe because of Randall Park. That's a good enough connection. He's in it. He's <laughs> in it. Dodgeball's a way weaker connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never. Um, I'm changing my. I'll change mine to Always Be My Maybe because <laughs> it's just a good. Movie starring and written by, co-written by yeah. Randall Park. So it's funny. It's got a superb cameo. <laughs> the best part of the movie is the cameo, and I didn't and know it was songs. happening. Oh yes, those should are great. have been nominated for an Oscar <laughs> for the and... song. I don't. I don't want to spoil the cameo if you haven't seen it. No. So I'm not going to tell you the name of the song. <laughs> apparently, also don't. Um, don't watch the trailer. <laughs> Don't watch the trailer, because I had not watched the trailer, and I was surprised by it, and it was everything I needed in life. <laughs> yeah, the cameo's in the trailer. Don't watch it, because being surprised by the cameo is pure joy. <laughs> yeah. So, those are our wrecks. That's about it. I guess we're wrapping this this buddy up. Yep, it's a, it's a quick have... one. Yeah. But that's okay. So, like we said um, at the top, this is our Patreon episode for May. Um, if you feel like voting on our episodes, uh, what, what we do for our episodes, head over to Patreon. It's just $1 a month and you can vote on those. And we will try and do better at giving movies that we want to yeah. review. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe next month Lauren will pick all three. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's still some that I'm like, I guess we can do it. <laughs> Anyways, it's We'll fine. do something better for ourselves, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, you can find us on Twitter at One Star Movies. Um, I'm on Twitter at Mala Turnup. Mala, <laughs> I said that weird. M O L I Turnup is that. Quinn is on Twitter at Leather Velma, unless you wanted to say it. That's and that's a Scooby Doo reference. Yes, um, mine is I guess a drinking reference. <laughs> <laughs> and my last name combined, great. Um, it fits us. <laughs> yes. And that's it. Yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter at One Star Movies. Said that already. Oh, did you? Oops. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>